AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This is John Middlecoff from 3 and Out with John Middlecoff. Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. First of all, it cost me about $856,000. What? That's what it cost me. Uh, I backhanded him because he was behind me. That was it? That was bad news. <laughs> all my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price. Want a slice, got to roll the dice. That's why all my life, I've been grinding all my life. Yeah. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price. Want a slice, got to roll the dice. That's why all my life, I've been grinding all my life. Hello, welcome to another edition of Club Shay Shay. I am your host, Shannon Sharp. I'm also the proprietor of Club Shay Shay, and the guy that's stopping by for conversation and a drink is a 16-year NFL vet, a five-time Pro Bowler, a three-time All-Pro, Comeback Player of the Year in 2005, and an NFL Triple Crown winner. Led the league in catches, touchdowns, and yards, Steve Smith Sr. Smitty! Ain't no Steve Smith. Smitty! Smitty, how you doing, bro? I'm good. No, you're doing better than good. What's a day like for Steve Smith now? Wake up at depends. I'm I'm a morning person. <laughs> okay, so I, I yeah, you play in the NFL. You got to be a morning person. Yeah. yeah, that's not true. I know some guys that weren't morning person. Well, how they make it? They didn't make it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I get up, you know, six, seven o'clock. I watch a little TV. Okay. Uh, catch catch you rerunning and seeing, uh, catching up. Uh, also this. Deciding and having an internal dialogue. Uh, we're gonna run outside. We're gonna get on the Peloton treadmill, the bike. Then okay. there, take take my dog for a walk, feed her. Uh, may work out with my oldest or, or one of my one of my kids. Uh, see what's going on. Uh, got a foundation of some businesses in Charlotte. Go down. I uh, got my office downtown, uptown in uh, Charlotte. So do some of that stuff and and let the day uh, take me how it's gonna take me. As an NFL analyst, obviously you have you talk about the games every week. Mm-hmm. How much film do you actually watch? How much game do you actually watch? I watch a lot of game. I watch a lot of film. I take a lot of notes. Uh, I allow. I try to allow the game to talk mm-hmm. to me. To uh, I create my opinion about someone or something, or about that team, based on the game each week and right. and collectively. And I may see something earmark it and then come back to it, especially if I have a game. I'm watching a team this week against another prominent team, but also maybe have to watch these two different teams or someone else right. again. So I'll check to see have they improved, uh, have they dropped. So uh, you know, I, I, I'll do a little bit of everything, um, but mainly letting the game talk. Obviously, you watch the game, but you probably have a little a preference towards watching the receivers because that's the position that you play. If I were to say, Smitty, give me your top five receivers, mm. and if I said you got a draft, you can only get one, who you taking? Give me your top five, and if you get a draft, you could take one. Well, this is probably an answer that you're not going to expect. Okay. Who's my quarterback, first of all? I'll give you, you could have, okay, who would you want to be your quarterback? Oh, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, who do you want to be the quarterback? Somebody that can has a fast processing system. Okay, so I'll give you any of the. I'll say you can have Tom Brady. Mm. Or you want Brady, you want Rodgers, or you want Mahomes? Well, I played in Carolina, so I'll take all of them. (laughs) 
No, no offense to Jake. I love Jake. But, yeah. Okay. Okay. So you got one of those top quarterbacks. Yes. Now give me your top five receivers. Mm, top five receivers. Uh, currently right now, I got you know, I'm biased. I got to go with the guy whose cup's always full. Okay. Uh, Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. Um, give me DeAndre Hopkins. D-Hop. Um, give me OBJ. Still? Yeah. I'm surprised. Why? I'm surprised, not because I don't I know what he represents, but the injuries and injured again, yeah. that you still believe that he's a top guy. Is this my list or your list? That's your list. I, 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 I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's your list. I, I, hey, I'm just saying. All right. Well, I picked OBJ, but okay. he's gonna. We're gonna. He's, you're making me change. So, uh, yeah. Nah, nobody makes yeah, me yeah, change. Yeah, yeah, I'm light skinned I'm playing the victim. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, <laughs> um, man, that's. Oh, uh, I'll take any of those boys in Tampa Bay. You can't go wrong with either one of them, right? You want Evans, Godwin. I, I, Give me Godwin just because Evans Evans a tall guy. He gets too much credit. Okay. Right? Okay. You know, I got I got a ref for the, the small people. Okay. Um and then um how many is that? Well, if you leave OBJ, that's four. Okay, four. Um uh, Devontae Adams. Okay. I was I was wondering how, how long before you got Devontae. But the guy that I'm surprised by that you didn't pick is kind of your size, is Tyreek. Hmm. <laughs> I like Tyreek. <laughs> I'm going to give you some choices, and you tell me who's the best wide receiver under the age of 25. Mm. You got Justin Jefferson, mm. Jamar Chase, C.D. Lamb, A.J. Brown, Jalen Waddle, D.K. Metcalf, D.J. Moore, Jerry Judy. Give me the best and give me your top, give me your, give me your top four wide receivers oh, under 25. Man, well, I don't know about D.K. just because you don't know the quarterback situation out there. Right. Right. And then at the same time, when they go to uh, when even when Russell Whistle was there, when they needed a big play, who'd they go to? Tyler Lockett. Then if they go to someone else, to the if they go to the wishing well and it's not you, then guess what? You're not the guy. Oh, sorry. I'm just being honest. So okay. I, I think he's I mean, he walks through the door physically gifted. Yeah. But uh, the short guys who they go to when they need a big play. Uh, DK is is robbing. Uh, Tyler's Batman. Okay. Justin Jefferson, outstanding. Uh, he gets he's he has a cheat code a little bit because he has Adam Thielen out there trying to tell him everything. Even you have the athleticism. He's also a great kid as well. Right. Uh, a sponge. He also was a Kubiak's uh, Clint Kubiak slash Gary Kubiak's offense. And that offense, there's one receiver that will always eat the second receiver. You can eat two, but you just got it. You just got to know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, who, who else? I mean, I could break Jamar all this stuff. Jamar Chase, love him. Uh, he has a stellar quarterback. His offensive-minded offensive, uh, offensive minded coach understands getting him the ball. Uh, they understand that he'll be a guy that plays for a long time, has speed, but also has the ability to run uh, exceptional routes at such a young age. You like CeeDee Lamb. I like CeeDee Lamb. Um, I, I'm not really keen on hearing uh, Jerry Jones put that pressure and say he's a better version of Amari Cooper because Amari Cooper – was Amari Cooper. You knew who Amari Cooper was when you paid him. You can't get mad at Amari Cooper because he's the same person that showed up. He's a quiet kid. He's gonna he's gonna bring his lunch pail, but he's not really gonna get dirty. That's yeah. never been him, and right. it's and it's nothing against him. Right. Right. That's why uh, at the time Oakland traded him because right. he just was not the the the, the lunch not pail. A fire, he's not no. a fire raw raw guy to have football is life or death for me. Yeah, and that's, and that's okay. And it is. You can't be disappointed. That's your fault for not doing your due diligence. AJ Brown, another AJ, physical specimen. He's a physical specimen. Um, I think his last receiver group really stunted his growth in Tennessee. Uh, the whole room. Um, I think there were some some examples that should have been better examples that weren't. Uh, he, he he is a dynamic receiver, and I think he's going to play well in Philly. I also think he just needs to come out and say, look, he left for more money. End of the day. Yes. Ain't no wrong with that. Your guy, DJ Moore. I love DJ Moore. I, I love what he's playing. Not really um, not really sure how it's going to work out overall, but I like DJ Moore. And he, he's also he's – he's a kind of like um, – uh, like Coop, he's not really a rah-rah guy. 
And he, he'll play. He'll show up. He'll do his football his life or death for him. But he's just not a rock rock guy. Y'all might get Baker Mayfield. I know. I hear that. You know, I, I, I got to just if – th- if that's my squad, whether you like you it or not, ride with you got to ride with him. Even if you got to close your eyes. <laughs> like, I do. I've been, I've been killing Baker, man. You, yeah, you've been killing. I've been killing. But here's why, though. Quarterbacks get too much glory for the win, and they get to blame everybody else for the loss. Yeah. You know, I, listen, I, I guess I'm just a – as a wide receiver, I just go to bat for the wide receivers, right? That wide receiver this, – this wide receiver could be dead wrong. He could be – they can have him on camera sneaking into the house late. They can have his key card in his hotel room saying that he was not there at curfew. I'm going to say, no, nah, he was there. <laughs> he was <laughs> somebody there. Had any <laughs> it, it, it wasn't him. That's, you know, you stick together. But let me ask you a question because yeah. this is the problem that I run into. Okay. When I talk about players, if you were a good player, now obviously uh, uh, you're coming up for the Hall of Fame. Now being in the Hall of Fame and having won – People take what I say. Oh, yeah. So let's 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 divulge. <laughs> okay. Okay. Right? So, so you know what I'm getting at. I know what you're getting at. Now, some of the young guys have said things about me, saying that um, I'm throwing shade. Right. Right. Let's let's break down shade. You know, shade is generally uh, when the sun hits a uh, well-established tree. Okay. And that tree must be established by having deep roots. Right. So <laughs> as you what uh, you see what I'm getting. Yeah. To, a baby tree must be shaded by an oak tree. Right. Something that has uh, substantial, uh, good, deep roots. Right? Mm-hmm. Devontae Adams, can't throw shade on him because he's a deep-rooted tree. Right. <laughs> Some of these young boys need to understand they baby trees. Right. They still anchored in by rope because it with bad so they can start to grow sideways. Okay. Or it can dwarf their growing. Right. So these young, the young guys, I understand, but it's not shade. It's really understanding. We've seen and, and grinded out and understand how to right. play ball. And we also know the game has changed. It's, it's changed in a good way. Right. Right? Anytime guys are getting paid, that's a good thing. Advancement. But we have to do our jobs. And sometimes guys believe that we have a personal vendetta. Or, or I, I had a conversation with a guy that I, I asked him that I won't say is, what do you have that I don't? What have you experienced that I have not experienced? You got a girl or a wife? I have one. Beautiful. You have children? I have children. Actually, I have, I have I grown one. children. <laughs> some, of my, my, some of my children, with their ages combined, still can't rent a car in New York, in the right. state of New York. I, I, some of the teams that they're on, I don't want to be on your team. Team isn't very good. Right. I don't want to be in your market. Right. And so I understand to a certain degree, but then there's a part of where some of them are a little bit sensitive. Yeah. Right? Oh, you hating. Yeah. Bro, why am I hating? I'm All I'm saying, I'm critiquing what I've seen you do in the game time and time again. And also, like what Tariq Hill, what he said lately, I find it um, interesting. Yeah, very. Because, one, he's applied a lot of pressure on uh, tour. On tour. But also, when I look at his highlights, Tariq Hill is a fantastic – he's cheetah. He runs faster than anyone I've known at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. However, when I look at his highlights, and I'm not speaking out of hate, I'm speaking out of my own insecurities and understanding. When I haven't gotten a ball for a long time, you know how I catch the ball? Without my hands. Body catch. Yes. Yeah, he's not He's not a – this is not, and this is not a knock, but he's not a natural catcher of the no, ball. No, no, no. He's not a pure yeah. hands catcher. No. And you don't have to be when right. you have that amount of speed. Yeah. They go, they go, you better catch a lot of balls in your body because you're going to be so wide open. But when that speed leaves and you don't have the. But when the speed leaves, he's still going to be top two, top three receivers in the league, Smitty. I hope so. I, I just know there's a lot of guys when their athleticism starts yeah. to leave them, their numbers decline dramatically. Well, I think what he's in rude awakening for, I don't think he, when you play with a great He went from the top, he went from the yeah. penthouse to the outhouse. But he doesn't understand, Smitty. You know, a lot of these guys don't understand that. They don't understand how valuable the quarterback is. They think, oh, I can put up these numbers. Well, the only guy that I've seen put up numbers, regardless who the quarterback is, is D Hop. Yes. That's the only guy. All these other guys, you had Brady, you had Rodgers, you had Mahomes, now you got Herbert, you got Joe Burrow, and things of that nature. D Hop can, can honestly say, 
bro, y'all see what he was throwing to me in Houston before I got Deshaun? But it's also a good system as well. So yeah. you gotta have a good system as well. You yeah. can't you can't have you can't have negative everything right. and still prevail. That right. just doesn't happen. When you look at the money that these oh, guys love the wide receivers are getting. I love it. I tell my mom, why you couldn't wait five years? You couldn't wait ten years? I mean, bro, you I mean twenty five. You had me at you twenty four. Yeah. Bro, you could have waited till you were thirty. I, I think it's fantastic. It, you know, it, I, I don't have a problem with it. You know, um, I think it's, it's, it advances the game. If you're not advancing, then you're digressing. So right. I think it's I think it's good. Lamar Jackson, he's working as he's he and his mom are their own representatives mm-hmm. in this situation. You see what Deshaun Watson got two hundred and thirty fully guaranteed. Mm. Deshaun has never been a league's MVP. Mm. Lamar's been league's MVP. He's been a league MVP yeah. unanimously. What do you think is going to what, – what is Lamar thinking? What are the Ravens thinking? I think the Ravens want to re-sign him. I think uh, Lamar wants to be re-signed as well. I, I believe that um, there's a disconnect somewhere somehow. M- my only complaint is if you are going to pay that amount of money, um, I, I, I think – you know, I think – Baltimore needs to have a better offense that that's a little bit more creative that um, pushes the ball outside of the hashes. Um, I don't know why. I, I used to think it was Greg Roman. I thought it was this. I just think I believe to be competitive against a Justin Herbert, against a Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, in your Joe, Joe Burrow. Um, I, I guess we got to throw two it in there because they have all of those thoroughbreds out there in mm-hmm. Miami. And obviously, last Thursday, <clears throat> last year and Thursday night, the uh, Baltimore Ravens did not uh, fare well against the Miami Dolphins right. last year. So, I, I just believe to um, to pay a guy, you know, a quarter of a billion dollars, um, you got to be able to process. You got to be able to uh, put the ball where it needs to be, and, and you got this is a throwing league, right? I, I'm a receiver, so I always speak from this perspective. Right. I don't like playing. I don't like watching offenses or being on offense that looks like um, the wing T. I'm just, I'm just not for it. Well, hey, Lamar's man, hey, outstanding. He's, he's. Well, a, when he's, you offer a critique, and, and the, 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 the critique that I've offered of Lamar is that I just don't think he throws the ball consistently, accurately enough. I'm not. That's not a. It's not saying that he can't throw the ball. I didn't say he that he can throw the ball. I just I, their offense is different. But you want to put him in an offense. Like Rodgers, I mean, don't you have to put him in an offense that fits his skill set? I don't know. I think his skill set. I, I, I think his skill set is he's a quarterback. If he's not a quarterback, then put him at a different position. No, he's a quarterback, but all quarterbacks are not created equal. That's you correct. a man, but all men are six two, six five, eight seven foot. That's correct. <laughs> so what do you? What, so what? What? What are we getting at? I'm, I'm getting at what. Okay, what's the idea? You're the offensive coordinator. You got Lamar Jackson. Tell me what you're gonna do. I'm gonna feed my wide receivers. I said, you gonna feed the wide receiver? Yes. Yeah. Bateman can play. Okay. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I think you can play. Porsche. I I can tell you right now, Porsche is a dynamic wide receiver. He's working on his game. I've seen him. He's a guy that, because of the draft picks, didn't play a lot last year. Was a healthy scratch. Right. I've I've seen him make some catches in practice and training camp. I believe he's their most well-rounded wide receiver on the on, on the squad. But he relies heavily on Andrews. Andrews is, is, is. I mean, you can never go wrong with a number eighty nine. So I mean, what do you expect? <laughs> it's been having played sixteen years in, in the league. Obviously, have a family because you came in with a different, very different situation. If I'm not mistaken, you either was married or close to being married. Yeah, yeah we were married. So yeah. that's ve- that's very unique. So you had already established, as you mentioned earlier, roots. Mm-hmm. I got a family. Had a kid also, right? You oldest, yeah, my oldest son. Oldest son. Yeah. So you came in already. I got a wife. I got a kid. I got responsibilities. So you're looking at things a lot differently than a lot of these guys that's coming into league 20, 21 years of age that does not have the foundation that you had. Yeah. What if someone were to ask you that went into the 2022 draft, mm. Steve? Mm. How were you able to stay so grounded? What made you so certain that in college she's the right woman? She's the one that I want to build this with. Well, that's interesting because if you ask my wife, um, she wouldn't say that I gave her that 
that comfort, mm-hmm. that comfort of that I wanted to build a future with my wife. Um, there are some mistakes and some things that, um, <clears throat> that you know, I just talk about it with my boys that um, you, you got to be prepared and be ready to step up and do the things that you need to, that, that, that's a, that a family needs. Uh, you have to be emotionally there. Mm-hmm. Um, I struggle with some of the things I experienced growing up here in L.A. Um, I, I just, I struggle internally with understanding really um, what, is, what does a man bring to the table. Um, it's not sex, it's not money, but what things are emotionally can you, you provide. And at 43 years old now, um, I'm finally connecting the dots to see uh, that it's not provide. Basically, I provided financially and a roof over my family's head, but emotionally, they were bankrupt. And so understanding, figuring that out and understanding what each one of my family members, my wife, what she needs from me, how, how can I show up for her mm-hmm. every day? How can I show up for my daughter? Um, how can I uh, lower my daughter and make and set that standard for my daughter that she's not looking, not that she is, but she's not looking for the boyfriend to be there because her dad was there. Just to trying, be where the dad wasn't. Yeah. So just trying to, you know, figure it out myself and, and uh, no longer blind leading the blind, right. more of leading uh, from the front. Um, and that sometimes also leading from the back, right? Also asking my wife, hey, what do you think about this? Instead of saying, oh, this is my house and I know what I we need. I make the money, I do this. Yeah. Let me, um, <clears throat> when you, the sacrifices, obviously to be a great player, there are a lot of sacrifices that must be made. You got film study, you got to go early, you got to stay late. You're going to miss some recitals. Yeah. You're going to miss some soccer practice. Yeah. How do you, how do you juggle? How do you say, damn, I really need to be there. But I really need to be smitten. I need to be a top dog. And in order for me to be the top dog, baby, you're going to have to go to PTA by yourself tonight. Well, there are sometimes, if any other job, you, you, you know, whether if I wasn't a football player and I was a banker, you know, those there are bank hours. Right. I'm trying to find that, trying to find that balance. There were times where I couldn't make events, but then there were times in the off season that we did stuff. Right. But being there physically. And then mentally being somewhere else that you you can get okay. you, you can get caught right really going hey 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 hello you know sta- staring off and like even we talked was physically there but yeah. not necessarily mentally there. yeah there were times where uh, during the season my wife would say on oh, I can tell it's game time because by Friday <laughs> you know family is tiptoeing around you know, walking on eggshells. Mm-hmm. So just trying to balance it. And I think for a lot of my career, if I'm being honest, just extremely transparent and honest. Um, I really, I struggle with some things. I really, I had performance anxiety, right? I did not really know myself. And I'm just learning myself now for the last, probably about the last year, really understanding you know, when you're having a bad day, like actually the deeper why am I'm grumpy today? Mm-hmm. Why am I irritated today? It's not that that I am irritated. It's the purpose on the why, the deeper meaning. And realizing some of that is just not being able to figure it out and know myself and why and, and, and how and processing things. So it's, it's been it's been unique. I think early on you were really misunderstood because people had thought you had anger issues. You got into a few scuffles. Uh, early in your career, was it because like you looked at it like I know everybody's like I'm a grown man, but you were really a grown man in the sense I got a wife, I got a kid, so I I see things differently. All this joking and kiki key and you be no. doing with the homeboys. No, 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 no. <laughs> see, I know you. <laughs> see, I know you like that. You you kiki you, you kiki into a. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna keep heels up there? into a two two piece, and I'm not talking. I'm not talking about KFC neither. <laughs> so the situation, and, and people don't remember, there's a situation. I think it was a, a receiver, and you had dropped it. You dropped the pass. Sure, I'll, I'll go through. Go it. go through this, it. This one. First of all, it cost me about eight hundred fifty-six thousand dollars. What? That's what it cost me. 
it's taken me a while the first time I ever kind of mentioned that, you know. And so what happened, um, there was a guy, we came in our rookie year um, together. He was a fast guy. He played in the arena league. And it was just competition. And for me, competition, uh, I, I, I didn't have healthy habits in competition. So when you say, if we, if we competition, we foals. Oh, right. You know, we, it's, ain't no I team. I understand we both on Carolina, but we, we, not. Ain't, we ain't on the same team because you're trying to get my job. Right. And so we were playing, and uh, Musa and Muhammad's running the film. And so we were, uh, we, we used to grade ourselves, and Dan Hens, offense coordinator, so we're grading ourselves. And the guy says, um, he's sitting right behind me. We're sitting in our chairs in our receiver room. And we had, had a few uh, run-ins earlier that year. Okay. So it was basically, he didn't like me, I didn't like him. It was it was a known fact. So normally in a situation like that, you kind of avoid each other. You're teammates, but I nah, don't really fool with you. Nah, you don't fool I'm, with me, uh-uh. so. No, nah, I'm going to let you. If I don't like you. Yeah, So, but you but you avoid. Hey. No, nah, if I don't like you, I'm going to let you know I have a disdain for you. So he was, he, he and you should avoid each other to keep conflict down. So I grew up in conflict. <laughs> But he ain't growing. He was from Florida, too, so I didn't like that either. <laughs> what the hell? He'll be from Florida, you be from L.A. Y'all two different coasts. Exactly. <laughs> Remember, I, I grew up in the uh, Tupac, you know, Biggie. Right. East Coast, West Coast, right? <laughs> okay, finish, finish the story. And so, we, um, so we're in a meeting room, and he says, uh, it was a pass that I, I think I caught it and dropped it, fumble. He goes, run that back. Man. <laughs> so what does Moose do? He ran it back. He ran it back. <laughs> and so he says, man, don't nobody care about what you say. And it just, it hit me the wrong way. I was already embarrassed. I didn't play well. Right. That was about me. It wasn't about him. Right. If I'm being honest, just straight up. And so when he did that, and I'm not justifying, I'm not trying to make it a joke, but I responded in a very immature way. And also responding the way I always grew up. If you don't like somebody, you just and you, you, you don't have you don't really have respect for somebody. So I backhanded him because he was behind me. <laughs> and so when I backhanded him, uh, hit him in the face, and we turned around and he charged me. That was it. That was bad news. <laughs> and so it was. Uh, so we had a fight. I mean, it was, he swung. And we've gotten a fight, and then I was it. And then obviously, um, um, you got suspended with two games. I got suspended two games, and then uh, he uh, he had to get surgery, <clears throat> and uh, he pressed charges. Um, and I, you know, I turned myself in, and uh, I was charged, and um, I had to do a uh, deferred prosecution. I think it was two or three years of uh, probation. You had to see counseling. Anger management. Uh, I was already. I was already had started counseling. After that. <laughs> uh, so, that so was, you that knew, was, you knew you had some issues that you needed to deal with. Yeah, but I I didn't know I had issues because for me that's how I grew up. Right. That's, that was the norm. Right. Right. I grew up when you had a problem. You solved it. You you fixed it with your fist. Right. So that's what I was. That was the standard. People say, "Oh, that's not everybody." Everybody doesn't live the same way. Everybody right. is not raised the same way. And so that's how I was raised. Right. Um, and it was it was it was an awful example to be for my children. It put stress on my wife. And then a couple of years later, about four or five years later, me and the DB got into it, uh, Ken Lucas and and I was pressed on that. I was pressed on that because I had found out some uh, my wife was having some health issues, scares. My mom was uh the night before she was in, in a bad place where she was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes mm-hmm. um, financially where she was and I had that call in training camp and so we had altercation and I just when did you realize I can't fight about everything I need to have a better way of dealing with this that's the thing man is it was one of the things that I, I struggle with now is uh like I, I was on a flight coming here, and I had to uh, um, do some real estate stuff, and I got I'm selling some property, and the, and and the buyer is like trying to make me jump through all these hoops, 
as if I'm getting their property and they're buying my property. Right. And and so I I looked at the before I sent the email and I was asking myself, what is the objection? Do I want to sell this property? Yes. Do I want to sell it for a profit? Absolutely. Yes. Do I want to deal with all of this in the they just signed a contract two days ago. Right. Do I want to deal with this throughout this whole process? And my answer is no. So I told them on my email to my realtor that I believe that if they disagree or don't like it, present any documentations that hand over that feel that they feel that uh, uh, enhances their point of view. Right. Uh, and I said, if, if they don't, then uh, I will only proceed and take the following steps forward from the contract that they signed. If they right. didn't like the contract, then I think they should move forward with termination, whatever they should. And either way, I wish them the best and God bless you. That's it. But while I'm sitting there going, right? And I'm going in my, but I have that moment, I go. But this is the new Steve. This is the not, new Smitty. It's not even new Smitty. It's just really just. Let like, me ask you a question. Yeah. 10 years ago, 15 years ago. I would told you. I would told you. <laughs> I even know I know what I was gonna say. Cause I said that is I went like that in my mind I'm going, that is not the appropriate response. <laughs> but that's how I felt. I'm like, you signed the paperwork. Right. This is the listing price. Right. Now you're coming back a day and a half later, or two days later, after you agreed to the listing price. Mm-hmm. I had it listed here, you came here, I said here, you said okay. Now today, it's a problem. Right. And so I and so for me, I just I, like my podcast, I cut to it. I cut out all the nonsense and go straight to the source. Free agency. Yeah. Let, let's, let, before we get to free agency, let's talk about your situation in Carolina. You go to Carolina. You have immediate success. Your rookie year, you go to the Pro Bowl as a returner. Yeah. You're dynamic. You work your way. You turn yourself into a damn, a great receiver. I believe the bit, well, You Because you played, what, two years with Moose? Or you played three years with Moose? How many years you played with Moose? Two, no, three years. Three years removed. Three or four years. Okay. And then he went to Chicago and then came, came, back. came back. Yeah, that's big bro. You turned yourself into a dynamic receiver because at the, at the beginning, you was, you know, come in, get a couple catches here and there, but you were a punt returner, kick returner. You turned yourself into a great receiver. And so you're, you're going back and you're like, well, damn. Do you look back and say, I wish I could have done this different. I wish I could have done that different. I mean, or- my only regret is, Handling myself differently, mm-hmm. you know, towards my teammates. Um, just the teammates or your opponents too? <laughs> just my teammates. Because you got it too with everybody's bidding. I mean, some guys are looking for it too, though. <laughs> and you looking to give it to them. What you mean they were looking for it? Absolutely. They found it. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever they were looking for, they found it in you. Yeah. You know, sometimes you got you got to try people. Let me ask you a question. Do you ever go into the game and say, you know what? I don't really like him. If he say anything, anything in the slightest, I'm going to tee off on it. No, so that's the that's the interesting part. Uh, so I, I actually had a sports psychologist. Right. Um, I, I had a psychologist, and then I had a sports psychologist. Sports psychologist was a golf guy, actually. Right. So he really started to teach me how to uh, make lifetime goals, short-term goals, daily goals, right? Just to look at like look at look at sports without the emotion. Okay. Right. It's a very emotional game, though. It, it is. And he was good on that, right? <laughs> he was really good on that. Some of the other stuff he was giving me, I just, it, it wasn't applicable at that time. Right. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't, um, I couldn't do it, right? There were some things that he just emotionally, I was not able to do. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay. So you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah. Like, check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, hey, hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah. But I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So what about toupees? 
those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Right? And um, and so I would go in the game, and a lot of times when you see me, I would be talking, but I wouldn't be talking to the player I was going against. If I caught a ball and I spent it, and I would say, they th- this, co- this coordinator thinks he can cover me today. I was talking to myself. Right. Now, I said it out loud. And then turn, they think you're talking to them. But it was not about them. A lot of times that I played, I really played because I was trying to get I was trying to get out of back home. I was trying not to come back to 126 in Avalon. Right? Um, I knew we struck we we struggled. Um, it was tough. My mom, she she worked her butt off. My dad worked their butt off. They taught me about hard work. But also knew that growing up in the inner city, there were things that we experienced. Growing up poor, you don't get the same opportunities, mm-hmm. right? But being a person that's poor, all right, I don't want to say black, just black, but being a person of poor, you have to do more, and yet you don't have the same opportunities. You got to present yourself in a better light just to maybe get an interview to not get the job. Right. So for me, I, I was, I put all my eggs in, in football. Right. Right. And it, it was, it was tough. Right. I had to go to community college. Right. Santa Monica junior college. Yep. Ocho Cinco, Chad Johnson was yep. your teammate. Yep. Was he like this in college? Was he like he is like what we saw at Cincinnati, what we see now? Was he like that then? Yeah. He was always entertaining. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. So, did you guys like, nah, hey, throw me the ball. Nah, throw me the ball. Did you guys? Nah, it was uh, Demetrius Posey. He was he went to Venice High School. He was a better receiver. There's a guy, um, Anthony Cephas, went to Fairfax. He played with Oz Akeem. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was a better receiver. He had tore his knee. There was a guy, uh, you know, this, this is where it's funny is, you know, there was a guy named Eugene Sykes, but uh, we all called him Skeeter. Right. Right? There were so many players – um, that I felt at that time in our college that I was just a young guy. I was just trying to, I was just finding my way. I was just trying to figure things out. So I actually got to the University of Utah because they were watching Demetrius. And Demetrius was going there. And I went to U- Utah really just to follow my big brother. Right. Um, and he never made it. He, he ended up uh, falling asleep from uh, driving from Diego back up to here for spring break and fell asleep at the wheel and died. Um, but that was the reason that I went to Utah is to play with Demetrius. And so that's how it happened. A lot of my life of the prosperity that I've had has really been by accident. Right. Do you believe tough times make tough men? I was reading the story and it was on uh, IG and the guy was explaining. He says, my grandfather walked 10 miles. He said, my dad drove a Buick. Mm. I drive a Cadillac. My son drive a Mercedes. He says, in 50 years, we're going to be right back where we came from. He said, tough times make tough men. Easy times make weak men. I just think it's the, it's the perspective. Um, I was reading, I, I, I read something I remind myself. I used to remind myself um, it's, it's decreased more and more just because of the, the, the confidence I have internally. Mm-hmm. Um, that for a long time, um, I, I read this and it said that, uh, you are special. Um, no one is like you. You're unique. Did you always believe that? No. You are loved. Mm-hmm. Did you believe that? Nope. You're competent. And you're lovable. And it took me a long time, probably the last three years, that I really started to really believe that. But it took me this time, the pandemic and all that stuff, to really sit down and really examine what's the problem. And the problem for me is, you know, I was, uh, I was emotionally just numb. Did did were your parents? I love you, Steve. Did they hug you? Did they tell you how much they love you? Did they? Did you guys sit down? Did they you did sit- the best they could. There are times when I walk down the hallway after 
when my wife is reading my, you know, my boys, my youngest, a book, and I go in there and I kiss him. The father's walking down the hallway, but the son is a little broken. Right. You missed that. You want you you try to give your kids everything that you didn't get emotionally, physically, psychologically, obviously monetarily. But now, yeah, more just understanding the emotional flail love, agape love, understanding that development at such a young age builds so much in them. And knowing that, and my again, my parents didn't model it because they didn't know. Right. And so it's taking me this this Roof much over time. your head and food in your belly, man, I love you. Roof over your head, yes. <laughs> that was the love. I don't know. Love. The belly was, that was... That was up, man. <laughs> and not because they didn't, he just, you know, just trying to make it. I think when you played, that I covered your career, I was in the league. I, I, yeah. Shortly after you got to the league, I retired. But I remember covering your league, covering you in the league, and I said, he plays angry. Yeah. He like, give me the ball. I'm going to run over you. Yeah. I'm going to run through you. If I got to run around you, I will. But you know what? I really prefer to run through you because I'm trying to show you something that come third, fourth quarter, you ain't going to want to see me. Did you play angry? Was that intentional? Growing up on 126 at 9 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> my grandpa used to tell me, if you want to play this game, these are the men you need to play like. Don Beebe was very familiar with Ronnie Locke. Mm -hmm. Jack Tatum was very familiar with people. Eric Turner. DT. Steve Atwater. Mm -hmm. Right? Greg Newsom. I mean, there are so many. Greg Townsend. Greg Townsend. Howie Long. Man, how town, man, town was so dirty, man. Right. But my point is, I watch old school football. He was old. And so watching old school football, that's how I was raised. Right. And I know I'm not killing it in the height department. So I had to, because, you know, in high school, they say, they say there's always someone better. Mm -hmm. Under my breath, I always say, you're not going to get a chance. So for me, I played the game in the way that I watched the era of the game. Then obviously watching wide receivers, but I watched the game and played the game. We used to play sideline pop in the street. So the best way to play the game, I felt at that time, was check a man's heart. When you could check a man's heart, the first play, Ricky Pro told me. The first out, he and I came out together. He was my roommate in the bowl game. The first play sets up the last play. So my first route sets up that next that that play you need in the third or fourth quarter right. for that big right. round. Right. So I take it a step further. Growing up in the hood, you know who you know who is Susie Q up in the group. <laughs> you know who's soft. Right. So you gonna you if you already know that. So I'm just going to establish, I know that the gig is up. I know who you are. I know how you roll. I watch enough film. I know your little tricks. So when we line up and we play, so let me ask you a question. it ain't no magic trick. It ain't no, it's no little smoke and mirror. The first play, you want it to be a run so you can go hit somebody in the mouth or I'm you hit, want it to I'm be a pass. I'm going to hit you either way. <laughs> I'm going to hit you either way. So if, if if you were to describe Steve Smith, wide the wide receiver, what 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 are you a route runner? What are you a technician? What are you you know your speed your your agility? What 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 would, what, I mean, what, what what encompasses Steve Smith the receiver? I mean I, I just enjoy playing the game. I enjoyed the phys the, the physicalness of the game. Also enjoyed the checkers and the chess. There were some corners that was chess. Think about this. What you're saying now? Yeah. Most big receivers, like I like the physicality of the game. I like the bump. You're not the, the tallest. No. You're not the biggest. No. And the first thing you say, I like the physicality of the game. Yeah. Because you already, you, there's no guessing. I'm an overthinker. I don't like surprises. Right. I, I'm not a guesser. So I like all the cards on the table. So we're going to go out here. We're gonna, we're gonna bump these gums, we're gonna chit chat, <laughs> we're gonna talk, or we're gonna play. We're gonna follow we're gonna follow up. So you look like okay, yeah, okay. Two corners, two uh two safeties, play the slot guy. 
are you thinking like, but he, he the leader back there. I need to get him. If I get him, everybody else gonna fall into place. No, I mean, I'll, if I line up, I look at the I look at the linebacker first to kind of tell me what the coverage is, see what he's doing. Watch if the they, triangle. You know, watch the triangle. Then I'm gonna look at the safety. Okay. And then by the time the safety, if it's a if it's not a top tier corner, right? Then that that corner is already gonna be playing in the zone. Right. So I'm already anticipating a zone, and basically the triangle is gonna tell me what type of zone. Right. Is it Three bells, a two catch, right. a two funnel, is right. a six. Right. So I'm telling the corner. Six is quarter, quarter yeah, half. I'm, quarter I'm, on one side, cover two on the other side. And I'm telling the corner, come on up. You know you, <laughs> you, you already know. What you know you got help. Stop pretending like. Yeah. So I, I, for me, it was it was always just anticipating, and understanding what's going on, right? And 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 because I was a hothead. People would assume that I was very stupid, and so I kind of played into that narrative. Right, and that that wasn't that, that was immature on my on my part, right? And so it, it, it's really, you know, now doing television, some of that stuff, um, sometimes yelling and and cursing and all that stuff. But when how I, were you able when to I, stay? When I was doing that, yeah, I was just being lazy. Right, right. My 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 father-in-law, uh, my wife's. Father always says, "Man, when you curse and when you, when you, when you kind of are ignorant, it shows your laziness." And I remember him saying that one time, and it didn't. And then one time I found myself yelling and cussing about something, and I was like, "And so now we're doing television and some of the stuff that I do now, it's like you know." And it's been good because some people are taken back. They go, "I know I've gotten." A number of backhanded compliments. Right. Oh, you're a lot smarter than what I thought. <laughs> like, like, I don't really know how you take that. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I think. Yeah. But how were you able to stay? I mean, you played on the, you was right there on the edge. Sometimes you would look over the edge. Sometimes you would hop. How were you able to still go get 150, get 200, playing like that? Because you played, you were, you were pissed off and you were pissed off. <laughs> well, here's why. So I, I was having lunch probably about, it was probably about seven months ago, right? He's probably not going to like this. But um, Mark Richardson, okay, uh, uh, Jerry, Big Cat, Jerry Richardson's son, used to be a president. We were all having dinners, a, a few buddies of mine. He, they came up uh, from Charleston. So we were having dinner, and he had said, uh, yo, Smitty, man, I remember when we drafted you as a punt returner. I said, see, that's your problem. He goes, what? He says, oh, see, there you go with that chip again. I said, no, it's not a chip. Think about it. I was told that I was too small. Mm -hmm. But if you go in my draft class, the New York Jets drafted another wide receiver who was the same height as me, but he went to the University of Miami. His name was Santana Moss. Right. So how is Santana Moss the same height as me, <laughs> but he's not too small? And I'm not mad at Santana. Right. The scouts were lazy. They just didn't want to say that. We didn't respect the University of Utah. Right. Because in college, if you go back and look, my uh, I think my junior and senior year combined, I averaged 21.2 yards a catch. I wasn't so a, you explosive. I wasn't a I wasn't a DB who liked to play receiver. I played receiver, who happened to be able to catch punts. Because my dad was a semi, uh, he was a semi-pro punter. Mm -hmm. He used to punt down at Willowbrook Park when I was a kid, mm -hmm. and just like any other kid, I used to follow my pop around. And so by the time I was probably about eight or nine, you could catch punts. I can catch punts because I was just hanging out with my pop. I was trying to catch. And at that time, my dad was punting. I thought he was punting the ball to the clouds and back. <laughs> and I was just trying to catch him. I was trying to learn how to catch him. And then he got mad at me, like, if you're going to be back there, catch the ball, boy. And I'm kind of like. I'm really trying to. I'm trying, right? <laughs> and so that's how it actually happened right. in me catching punts, just following my pop. Right. Right? And and so I, I, was, a re I was a receiver. But how they, what, the, the, they, okay, he said we drafted you as a punt returner. But that's not how you saw yourself. No. You saw yourself as a receiver that could catch punts. And I run was kicks. a starting receiver right. in, in college. Right. 
And then you draft me as a returner. You had six or seven other receivers in the room, and you were not, I was not allowed. I wasn't even given the opportunity but to service the defense during the season. Yeah, scout team. As a scout team. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't that I had this chip. You were, I was not okay with being limited. I was not comfortable with being put in a box and told, sit down and be quiet. The whole check your brain at the door and, you know, just get in line. Nah. I was already on house money. Right. I wasn't supposed to be here. I broke my neck in college. C4 burst fracture. So I broke my neck. Right. Grew up in the inner city. I wasn't supposed to be here. Right. So my my thought was always, they're going to fire me at some point. I'm going to lose my job one of these days. So I have two choices. When I lose my job, I can sit at home and wish I would have said and did these things, or I can sit back like I do now and go, yeah, I probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> However, I did it my way. Right. Should I have changed and approached some things differently? Absolutely. But if I can go back and change it, I don't know if I'll be sitting it right here. Because all of that is what made you who you and it's also made me evaluate and process and look at what I am today and how can I change? How can I be better? How can, how can I be emotionally accountable to my wife, to my kids, to my friends? Let me ask you this. It's because of how you evaluate yourself, you have a more open-mindedness of evaluating yourself. It allows you to critique and analyze other players in a more fundamental Way. I try to be. I'm a perfectionist anyway. So, I, I mean, I, I can't even hear my own voice. I, every every show I do mm-hmm. and every podcast I do, I never re-listen to it because I can't hear my own voice because I can already know the words. Because when I was a kid, I had a stuttering problem. Right. So I already know the words and some of the things that I didn't say correctly. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I just, and that's where the anxiety comes because I know I messed up. But see, I, that, I I ran into that same problem when I first got on the air at CBS, and they sent me to all these speech, uh, these people that speak grammatically correct, yeah. phonetically correct, yeah. and and I'm sitting in there, and I'm like, at the time, rest your soul, and I had hours and hours of tape of Ed Bradley, mm-hmm. how correct he spoke, mm-hmm. and how he you know did things, James Brown. And then one day I'm sitting, I'm like... First of all, if you listen to James Brown, we both in trouble. I work with James. He's so awesome. Man, JB, right. I, I worked like nine years with JB. Man, JB, you, you can you look at JB and you go, man, everything about me is wrong compared <laughs> to JB. <laughs> I mean, he, he wants to, like, hyphenate everything, and then he goes spell it out in his mind. He's yep. like, is it this or is it? I'm like, JB, just say the word, bro. But he, but as a host... See, I'm over there. When he does that, I'm over there going... <laughs> so you and I both know JB, but then Smitty, I looked at, it, I'm like, well, hold on, wait a minute, that's not what they hired. They didn't hire me to be grammatically and phonetically co- correct. Yeah. They hired me to give an opinion. Yes, sir. And a part of me, a part of what unique about me, is my colloquialism. I'm from rural South Georgia, so I talk like I'm from rural South. My brother, he lost it somewhere down down the line. He lost. I don't know where the hell it went, but but he lost his. It stuck with me. But that's what, and then I saw Charles Barkley, and I saw how well he was received. I'm like, Whoosh. I stopped. I said, I ain't going to these classes no more. <laughs> I quit. I dropped out of school. <laughs> and I, I, had, I had to look back, and I found an employer that says, be you. Yeah. I don't need you to be anybody else. Be you. And so you found someone. My that employer I, says, be you. But dial it back a little bit. Because <laughs> there's a few times I'll be on TV and I'll be like, mm, can't say that one. No, nope, shouldn't say that one. But the thing is that I like about you, but you you honest with it. I mean, it's not like a lot of times guys will say something about a person. Said person will come on the set and then all of a sudden you're like, no, nah, I said that. Yeah. You did play bad. You did, you did blow that sign. But, but if I if I'm incorrect too, yeah, you apologize. I have to face to face. Yeah, I, I don't have a problem with that. Right. I, the reason I don't have a problem with it is because if you're man enough to say it, man enough to apologize if you're wrong. Yes. 
and and I and I stand by that, and, and you know that's just kind of how I am, and and I I try to own I try to own all my mistakes. Right. Who reminds Steve Smith, receiver, player in today's no, game? No. None of them. No. You know why? Because I look at you. You were like a big T.O. to me. I mean, you were a smaller version what, of T.O. You couldn't read. Well, here's why I say no one. Why? When you go in the Hall of Fame, you go in with your own name. Yeah. Your own jersey. Yeah. Your own team. Yes. Our parents didn't name us the same. Right. You want your name to be in there. Right. I idolize Jerry Rice. Yeah. Your brother Sterling Sharp. But I didn't I don't want to be the next Sterling Sharp because that's not my name. That's not the person I am. There were things that Sterling did that I tried to emulate, I just couldn't do. Right. There were things that Jerry did, I just couldn't do. Or I tried, or maybe I, you know, I, 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 I pleasurized, I stole a little bit, I saw something. But I love the players that are today that they are who they are. But doesn't it, because you're on the NFL Network and you guys do, do the draft. I don't, I don't like when they do that because here's Because, the, yeah, you know what they say. He reminds me of Steve. Here's why. <laughs> well, I still have, when I tore my Achilles, my agent, who was my agent, my whole duration of my right. career, of my football career, to, to really help me get past it. Because I had a double rupture of my Achilles. Right. tore off the bone and in the middle. Right. He goes, I'm going to send you your draft right up, coming out of draft. And I read it, and it charged me up. Because when I look at my draft stuff that came out, I was a fifth to seventh round draft pick. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. So now that I'm a finished product, I'm the ne- y- y'all know the next. But when I was here, Y'all didn't, y'all didn't admire me and, and, and say that I was a pretty darn good player. So now that I'm done, now all of a sudden I'm the guy. No, nah, man, don't do not do that. You Do you you feel you didn't get the appreciation? Oh, I mean, I, because we're on social media, I, I get told all the time I was nothing but a slot receiver. I wish I knew that because I didn't play in the slot as much as I could have. Right. You outside the numbers guy. I was, I was outside the numbers. Stationary stand. I wasn't even a Z. I right. was an X. I wasn't even allowed to go in motion. Mm-hmm. You know. So I, I just like allowing the players who they are to be themselves. Let those guys be the standard. Don't don't say I'm. Oh, he's the next Steve Smith. Let him be Sky Moore. Right. And be Tariq Hill. There's things about Tariq Hill I can never do. Let Cheetah be Cheetah. Let him own his name. Don't thrust me onto that because, heck, I'm, I'm I'm just getting familiar with my own. You you played the blind share of your career with Carolina. It did not end the way you wanted it to end. Why Actually, did it? it did. You wanted to leave Carolina? Yeah, I did. Why? Because it was time. I was always – I'm a very curious person. I was always interested in wondering was – and what is it like – to be somewhere else. And so I, you know. I, and you got comfortable in Carolina? No, I wasn't comfortable. Was getting, we was losing. No, I wasn't comfortable. No, but I'm saying you had, you knew the system. You knew, you know, everybody. You knew the coaches. You knew everybody. You you knew, hey. You I, I, get was, I was ready to go. I, I, I had asked. I had, 
I had asked for a Bro, release. you had just got Cam. I know I had asked for a release. You had just got Cam. That was the best quarterback that you was going to have. You are correct. It, it, he, he was the best quarterback I ever played with. And you wanted to leave that? Because it was our record that was the issue. I was my clock, my my, my championship clock was was going on. Right. And so I wanted to go to it. I just wanted to go to a different place. So I I had before I was re- released that year, I had talked to general manager of Jacksonville Jaguars. He was a 49ers coach. He was the 49ers general. I, I talked to Trent Balkan about a relief about me going there, but I didn't want to play. I didn't want to play for the 49ers. And so I, I, um, I, my agent had worked out another deal. I actually had Under Armour uh, working on a new color scheme because I had, we had backdoored a deal, but the Panthers uh, at that time had talked to another team. And so they gave me permission to talk with the 49ers and uh, I decided to stay. So I, I already had knew I was leaving, but again, people thought I was unable to keep my mouth closed. I had conjured up, facilitated, and started to play out a whole different team throughout that season. And then when I knew I was going to get released, I kept it to myself and just kind of waited. You go to the Ravens. Yeah. And unless you played with the Ravens, you just didn't know. It you was don't. Fun. It was fun. It was great. It was fun playing with. It was fun playing with the organization. Obviously, I got to uh, got to learn, uh, meet uh, Eric DeCosta, the new general manager, mm-hmm. but uh, got to meet a Hall of Famer, Ozzie Newsom. Um, the year that we were at the Pro Bowl together, my rookie year, John Harbaugh was the special, special teams, teams coach with the Eagles. With the Eagles, so <laughs> it, it, it was a it was a lot. I I enjoyed it. Playing sports as a kid, obviously. You- go to the NFL, so clearly you played football. What other sports did you play as a kid, and what was your favorite sport? I played baseball. Um, I was a pitcher, first baseman, shortstop, uh, catcher. Um, I played basketball. Uh, played low tennis. That was it. That was But you always knew you wanted to be an NFL player. Yes. Going to Utah. So going to from Santa Monica Junior College, Going to Utah, to the Carolina Panthers, to the Baltimore Ravens. You said there are very few things that you would change. Would change. You would just like to be more in touch with yourself. Know who Steve Smith was then as compared to now. That's the only thing. Yeah, I mean, I met some great people. Still, uh, s- still support the University of Utah. Love my school. Um, I'm always always there. Go to a game. You know, go to a game or two. I'm always sneaking in Utah. Man, I'm looking at your draft. Michael Vick, LaDainian yeah. Thomason, Richard Seymour, mm-hmm. Hall of Fame, Santana Moss, you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Hutch is in the Hall of Fame. Steve Hutchison, Deuce McAllister, uh, Reggie Wayne. Wayne, Todd Heat, Drew Brees is going to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Man, you had You some ballers, dog. And, uh, and then it was just little old me. <laughs> Quincy, Quincy Morgan. Man, y'all had a, We had a, a Dan Morgan, Chris Jenkins. I'm going to get you out of here on this Tom Brady. You lose to Tom Brady in the Super Bowl yeah. at the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. And you go to Baltimore and you have them down yeah. in a playoff game with, with a chance to go. Rashad Melvin. So I do uh Rashad Melvin, I do the pre uh, Panthers preseason game. Yeah. And he was uh the Panthers, he was a corner last year. Yeah. Man, that was a tough that was a tough game to to broadcast when I'm looking at that dude. Right, so I, I try to. That's when uh, Edelman throws the double pass. Yeah, yeah, Rashad yeah. Melvin. Do Rashad Melvin's been? I think he's been in nine, nine or ten years, eight years. He's yeah. been on like eleven teams. That's never a good sign. Are you surprised? <laughs> Are you surprised Tom Brady's still playing? Nah, Tom Brady can process better than the best of them. He's good. How do? you? Playing quarter, quarterbacks and kickers can play forever. They don't take that punishment. No, nope. especially with a good offensive line. Tell us about the podcast. Podcast is cut to it. I cut through the nonsense, but also to uh, I want to know the people inside, men and women inside their jerseys. I interview chefs, you name it. Just trying to talk about 
uh, stuff. And then um, who they are outside the profession. Yeah, outside the profession. Who who made them? Like what what have they been through? We we've had some had some good guests, and um, and I'm a, I'm very inquisitive too. So I I'll, I'll ask like random questions. Appreciate it, Steve Smith, ladies and gentlemen. Steve Smith Senior. Yes, I was gonna, I was gonna let you slide. It ain't a lot. Of, it ain't a lot of people I let slide like that. You wanna know the story why? My one of my best friends. He's Alan Beck the Third. His daddy filled out some paperwork with his name. So from there on, I didn't built up my credit way. Yeah, you credit. Good. I'm not. I'm not letting my boy. Open up a credit card, my name. So his birth certificate says senior, and my ID, a junior, and my ID says senior. No, he gonna say he's senior. <laughs> no, no, not what my ID says. Penny, appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you. Thanks for stopping by the club. Hard to pull up. Behind this song. Yeah, just oh, the one okay. that goes in the wall. I looked up. <laughs> yeah. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price. Want a slice, got to roll the dice, that's why All my life, I've been grinding all my life, look All my life, been grinding all my life Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price Want a slice, got to roll the dice, that's why All my life, I've been grinding all my life Since every minute counts when you're a new parent, who wants to waste time washing bottles? Transform this daily chore with the Baby Bretza Bottle Washer Pro, the first machine that automatically washes, sterilizes, and dries bottles, pump parts, and sippy cups at the push of a button. Its 20 spray jets clean everything 100%. Plus, it sterilizes with steam, then dries with germ-free air. Don't waste time on tedious hand washing. Let the Baby Bretza Bottle Washer Pro do it for you. Shop now at babybretza.com.